CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Good morning, everyone. This is Markets Daily from Coindesk. I'm your host, Jen Sanasi. Let's get right into the show. First, I'll be passing it off to our producer, Eleanor Paul, to read out today's markets updates. According to Coindesk Indices, at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, Bitcoin was trading up slightly, sitting around $52,800. Ether pushed past the 3K mark this morning for the first time since April of 2022. The Coindesk 20 index was mixed, led by Filecoin, up nearly 20% on the day. In traditional markets, both the Nasdaq and the S&P 500 fell in the last week, with futures sliding further this morning. And a look at the scale of the Magnificent Seven, which is a grouping of U.S. tech giants including Apple, Amazon, Alphabet, Meta, Microsoft, NVIDIA, and Tesla. If these stocks were their own index, according to analysts at Deutsche Bank, their combined market capitalization would create the second largest stock exchange in the world. And Capital One is reportedly purchasing Discover in a $35 billion deal. Quite the shakeup in U.S. financial services. Lastly, in commodities, the Brent crude oil benchmark was trading at $82.83 a barrel. Meanwhile, gold was trading at $2,026 an ounce, back up from last week's dip below $2,000. Now, back to Jen. For more on the market's action, let's bring in author of the Crypto is Macro Now newsletter, Noelle Acheson. Jen, hi, how are you today? Noelle, I have to tell you, the Markets Daily family misses you dearly. So this is a very, very special interview that we're all very excited about. And it is so good to be with you and kind of strange to be on this side of this, if you know what I mean. I totally know what you mean. I'm going to tell you, I feel your pain for anyone who does interviews being on the other side is terrifying. Um, but let's talk about something that's not so terrifying. Bitcoin price action lately. What have you been making of it? There have been some interesting things going on. Jen. Well, there's always interesting things going on in crypto, but Bitcoin has especially been interesting. We've had some strange macro moves. We've had a complete walking back of the expectations of interest rate cuts after not just uh, Powell's uh, FOMC press conference, but also some of the economic data coming out. Finally, the bond market is starting to think that maybe the Fed means what it says. There will be no rate cuts in March. But then the sharp climb in yields and the sharp climb in the US dollar did not bring down the Bitcoin price. Usually they do move inversely. And that was that was interesting to me. It said that there's some buying support. There's some risk off sentiment for sure, weighing on Bitcoin, but it didn't really fall. So buying support. And where is that buying support coming from? 
It's coming from the ETFs, obviously, with net inflows picking up as, as we speak. But deeper than that, why are there net inflows to the Bitcoin ETFs? Partly it's to do with the sales channel. The marketing machines are gearing up and it is convenient to get some exposure now. But it's also greater awareness of the need for that kind of exposure, given the shenanigans, one of my favorite words, the shenanigans going on in the U.S. budget deficit and budget deficits pretty much everywhere, actually. You know, you brought up a few different aspects of what to look at when it comes to what's happening from a macro perspective. What are you watching closely over the next, let's say, two to three months that could impact crypto prices? Negotiations on U.S. spending is one of the things that I'm focusing on. And that is key because it speaks to the currency debasement that we have coming. I was poring over the Congressional Budget Office report the other day. There is no way that they are not going to exceed the target set or the expectation set, I should say, for the budget deficit and spending over the next year, let alone the next quarter. And where's how's that spending going to be financed? By debt issuance, but also money printing. This, there's no way out of this race to the bottom for fiat currencies around the world to be outspending each other, not just on social spending, not just on economic stimulation, but also on defense spending. That is something that we're going to be seeing quite a lot more of in coming months. So spending basically leads to currency debasement unless there is corresponding economic growth, which, let's face it, will be unlikely. And that is where the hard hedges of real estate, some commodities that especially Bitcoin start to shine. And we have to remember that Bitcoin amongst that list of hard hedges is one of the only ones that is one, globally available 24-7, 365, two, easy to store and transport, and three, it's the same everywhere you are. You can, I mean, a Bitcoin in Addis Ababa is exactly the same as a Bitcoin in London. Global crypto regulation, the disruptive power of AI, the rise of tokenization. Consensus is the one event where experts convene to talk about the ideas shaping our digital future. Join developers, investors, founders, brands, policymakers, and plenty more in Austin, Texas from May 29th to the 31st. The 10th annual Consensus is curated by Coindesk to feature the industry's most sought-after speakers, unparalleled networking opportunities, and unforgettable experiences. Take 15% off with this registration code, MD15. Register now at consensus.coindesk.com. I was reading your newsletter the other day where you talked about the expectations outlined by the CBO. Which ones surprised you the most? The fact that they are even already now highlighting that interest expense on U.S. government debt is going to exceed defense spending this year. That blew my mind. Given what's going on in the world, that blew my mind. And we have to ask ourselves that defense spending, obviously it's going to have to increase, especially when the U.S. is being outspent on actual hardware and R&D investment by some of the other superpowers. But also, given the conflicts and the dilution of U.S. military interests around the world. So that's going to go up and therefore debt is going to have to go up. Therefore, net interest payments is going to have to go up. And it's that downward spiral that we were talking about before. It leads to insane economic policies and that leads to currency uncertainty. And that leads to financial uncertainty in all of the countries that depend on dollar imports as well as dollar exports. That is going to create a huge amount of uncertainty. And in terms of uncertainty, 
That's when you look for something that is decentralized, that is safe, that is accessible to anyone. It's interesting you bring that up because often when when I hear this narrative, I think, okay, we have all of these problems and okay, Bitcoin is a solution, but how do we get folks into Bitcoin? There are all these barriers. And as we mentioned at the top of this segment, we have the ETF now. And so as the puzzle pieces come together, it starts to make a lot of sense as to why we may be seeing more inflows into the ETFs against this macro backdrop. I want to turn now to a quote from one of your newsletters. You said the dollar may still continue to be the best of a weak bunch, even after the coming dilution, but measured against a basket of hard commodities like Bitcoin, gold, energy, its value can only continue to erode. You've begun to unpack that a little bit for us, but tell me a little bit more about the thinking here. It's commodities, basically. The world, we think the world runs on currencies, on finance. It doesn't. It runs on commodities. I mean, the world could not function without commodities. And we're seeing governments increasingly realize this with the ructions that we went through and Russia invaded Ukraine a couple of years ago, almost two years ago to the day, almost. We've seen that commodity access is even more important than currency access, for instance. It is a crucial element of survival of economies. And so we're seeing economies start to stockpile commodities. Um, Zoltan Posar wrote about this a few years ago, the Bretton Woods Three, and his thesis is that we are moving away from a fiat standard more to a commodity standard, external money. This is more secure. It is more essential for economic survival for any nation. And it is in detriment to the influence of fiat currencies. This is where we get into the education angle that you mentioned. Well, the ETFs are a big part of that. But everywhere people are starting to understand that it's not the measurement of one fiat currency against the other that is the key metric, although that is convenient. And yes, the dollar is going to continue to be the world's reserve currency. It's the measure of all fiat currencies against a basket of essential commodities, commodities that could be in scarce supply, commodities that are essential for the functioning of economies and commerce. So that's what I've been starting to think a lot more about these days. Up until now, the gold, everyone is familiar with what the gold standard did to the global economy and how reliable gold has been as a hedge over the past few millennia. But Bitcoin is starting to nudge aside its place on that pantheon, its place on the pantheon of hard commodities that investors, businesses, uh, funds, even just savers, small savers, are going to be starting to diversify into, to be able to preserve their purchasing powers in a world in which pretty much all governments are going to have to be spending and spending and spending and printing money to finance that. On that note, Noel, just before we wrap up, how would you compare Bitcoin's headwinds and tailwinds this spring versus a year ago? A year ago, we were still in shock, let's face it. it was, 2022 was brutal. And so, yes, we were all still in shock. Do you remember, Jen, a year ago, we were fielding left, right and center the harshest criticism of the concept of crypto that I've ever seen. Just criticism, criticism, criticism. Everyone, I knew this was worth this, et cetera. So that's what we were swimming through. A year ago, it was rough. This year, that's quieter. I mean, there is obviously still some FUD about emissions and things like that, but it's much quieter. This year, we have ETFs. This year, we have large banks trying to figure out how they can somehow support their clients' interest in this. This year, we have much greater global adoption than we had last year. And this year, there seems to be greater conviction that Bitcoin's not going anywhere, crypto isn't going anywhere, and the technology, as well as the acceptance, continues to evolve. Noelle, thanks so much for joining the show. Thank you, Jen. It's been great. 
That was author of the Crypto's Macro Now newsletter and former Markets Daily host, Noelle Acheson. Thanks for joining. For more interviews and macro news on the digital asset space, check out Coindesk's First Mover, also hosted by me, Jen Snassi. Markets Daily is produced and edited by Eleanor Paul, alongside senior booking producer Melissa Montanez and executive producer Jared Schwartz. I'm your host, Jen Snassi. We'll be back tomorrow with more Markets Daily. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.